Hi guys, welcome to the Hex podcast with your host Katie and then a long-term member of Hex, Kate. So we've got two Kates here today. Um, on today's podcast, I'm going to be taking you on a journey into the heart-pounding world of battle cancer. For those that don't know about battle cancer or what battle cancer is, it's an incredible global fitness event that isn't just about strength and endurance, but about building hope, resilience, and unity between people in the community. Battle Cancer brings together athletes from all walks of life to raise funds for people battling the toughest opponents of all. At HEX, over the past years, we've raised over £60,000 for cancer charities. Over this past month, we've seen an incredible amount of support, dedication and spirit from our members. And it's been incredible from sitting on a rower for six hours to baking their best goodies, which I can confirm tastes amazing, especially your brownies. They <laughs> Thank were, you very much. They Thank were you. very, very good. Um, and that's all ahead of Battle Cancer, which is on this Sunday, the 15th of October. So... So far this year, we've raised, we just checked, and it was 8,600 plus, which is... Amazing. Which is amazing. Thank yeah. you very much, everybody. Yeah. Um, so Kate, who is with me, has taken part in all of these things so far, um, putting a shift in on the rower. How was that <laughs> on the rower? <laughs> 15 minutes is a long time. Yeah. Is a, is a very long time, but we, you know, we all did it, and, you As know, it's a fantastic yeah. achievement, right? It was great to see, like, the community come together and just for those whole six hours sit on the rowers donate the money and obviously we had that target of 250,000 meters and yes. then we got it and we smashed it yeah <laughs> we keep smashing the targets at the moment and then obviously I've mentioned your brownies I'm going to put in an order for a birthday cake I think I've decided <laughs> like we need some more of those brownies in our lives <laughs> but the most important thing is um, the why behind it so what made you take part in battle cancer uh, so the 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 first reason to take part in battle cancer was that uh i was 50 uh on monday just gone uh which thank you very much thank you uh and i thought i had this crazy idea that doing something like battle cancer would be a really good way of celebrating um my newfound fitness yeah. um which is only a very recent uh, development um i was explaining to chris and phil before hex i'd never been in a gym before so that's nothing, nothing nothing at all nothing only yeah. to only to use the lose katie so <laughs> <laughs> how do you find it so far then at hex as well just like Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, super happy with the training, super happy with the, the gym and the community. So, yeah, it's great. And, you know, battle cancer's uh, a good way of bringing that all together. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to my teammates. Yes. Uh, Chris, yeah. Paul and Carmen. Carmen. So, yes. Yeah. You're all going to get through it. That's a really good team. That's really, it's gonna, I think you're so. You're going to smash yes. those 50 burpees. We don't need to even worry about them. We're not, well, <laughs> they're all going to be beautifully synchronised, right? Yes. So we're yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely style. Um, that we'll... <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with battle cancer is it's so inclusive that it's not an elitist sort of competition where like you like have to be the best of the best of the best to do it. 
but then there's people from all different backgrounds, all different ages, people who are going through cancer and treatments. And it's for everyone, which is why I like this competition out of all of them the most. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am excited. No, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, you're I hope have so. Good time. Um, so that's the that's the that's the first reason. The second reason that I wanted to take part um, is that I was widowed by uh, bowel cancer. Um, it's coming up eleven years ago now, um, but I think um, there's no better charity really. I think the work that cancer research does is is so important. Um, so um, that's why. And how did you like find out about your husband's cancer? Like how? Um, so I suppose to put it in context, um, you know, um, we we were I suppose at the top of our game, right? So we were both, you know, back then relatively young professionals. <laughs> um, you know, life was great. We we uh, had a son, um, uh, Charlie, who was was nearly two at the time when we discovered uh, John's diagnosis. Um, we were looking forward to having a second child, and we were trying for another baby. Um, and John really wasn't well, uh, so he had always done. Uh, dry January mm-hmm. um, and he did that same year did dry January and he lost a lot of weight but he kept losing a lot of weight um, and he was constantly tired he was exhausted pretty much every day um, and those two things together I think you know set him on a journey um, around well what what is actually wrong with me um, I'm sure there were other symptoms um, uh, of which we did not have the conversation because once we got the diagnosis, it was really no point me asking him about, well, did you notice a change in your bowel movements? Did you notice any blood in your poo? All of that sort of stuff. The the horse had bolted at that stage. But we set about trying to figure out what uh, what was wrong with him. And the first stage of that um, was to get some blood tests and then uh, he went for a colonoscopy where um, they put a camera up the bum. Yeah. Uh, and when they did that, they found um, uh, what can only be described as an enormous and very angry tumour. So it was very clear at that stage that he had cancer. Um that was bad news in and of itself. But in my mind, I was like, okay, well, you know, surgery. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is, this is, a, you know, we can fix this. This is, this, this will be fine. You know, devastating news nevertheless, but we can fix this. Um, he then had a series of, you know, CT and MRI scans uh and we followed up with his doctor and that was that was pretty quick that was like a a a week five days later um and the whole time john was saying to me this will be bad 
And I was like, no, it's not. It's fine. It's fine. You know, I was, mm. it was totally, it's going to be absolutely fine. He said, please understand, I think this news will be bad. All right, okay, all right. And all the time he was trying to manage my expectations. Anyway, he was right, I was wrong. Uh, we went for the diagnosis, walked into a room with a lovely man who I'd never met before. Um, John sat next to me and he explained, I'm very sorry, Mr. Hill, um, you have stage four bowel cancer. Um, you are inoperable and incurable. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> What do you do at that sort of... Well, so at that point, I was having I was having some sort of, I think, out-of-body experience. Yeah. I think about it now, and it was like I was on the ceiling. I was watching it happen to yeah. someone else, right? Uh, John was, was, you know, shocked, but not as shocked as I was because yeah. he was, was half expecting it. And then he said okay uh well what does that mean uh how how long do i have yeah and the nice man that i've never met before said well you probably got six months right was it like sick was he like pretty accurate or was well so this is this is one of the reasons so so when someone gives you a diagnosis like that they're basing it off statistics they're basing it off the whole universe of people that have had bowel cancer, whether they are very old, very young, um, every case is different. Every case um, is, um, you know, probably a different type of bowel cancer. Yeah. Everyone has a different strategy. So it's an average, you know. So, but nevertheless, the important, regardless of the time, the important words were inoperable, yeah. incurable, right? Um, and we were just in shock, just didn't know what to do with that news. And he said, listen, I've set you up, um, with a meeting with an oncologist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this afternoon, go and have a chat and, you know, and that was, I suppose, the first stage. Yeah. We went to sit, I mean, I don't even, it was about four hours, which I, I mean, I, you just don't. I can't even think about it now, really. Um, but, um, you know, when we went to see the oncologist and we said, right, this is what he's told us, what do you think? And he said, well, you know, I wouldn't be quite as negative. I think there are some things we can do. We can, you know, mm-hmm. we can start you off on some chemo and we can we can see what your reaction yeah. is. Um, and... You know that that's 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 pretty much what what happened. Yeah. So they had like they could set up a treatment plan for him and then move forward with our. Was it like? Yes. Was, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think battle cancer is so important. Yeah. Because when you're faced with news like that, you think the solution is going to be very scientific. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a doctor who's going to tell you right, this is how we approach it, this is what we do, this is what's worked, you know, yeah. and then it would be, um, you know, that would be a process. Yeah. Um, and in actual fact, and I know this is a very long time ago, and 
the advances in chemotherapy and drugs, you know, getting better, better and better at the time. But um, we got that news in May. Yeah. Of that year. And at the time, there were were two main chemotherapy protocols, um, each with different side effects. So the name of the drugs, I did know this, the name of the drugs have escaped me. The one of them will make you hypersensitive to cold. Yeah. Right. And very, very sensitive to cold. So it feels, makes you feel like you've got pins and needles in your uh, fingers and where when you breathe in cold air, it's, it's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. That's one of the side effects. Um, the other protocol, um, which um, manifests itself differently and depending on, on, on who's having it, but the main side effect is acne and, mm. you know, full face, proper yeah. acne. Um, and, you know, for John, his oncologist was thinking, okay, this guy's you know, what was it at the time, 41, no, 40, just turned. Um, this guy's got a young family, we need a quality of life, you know, I might be able to save him, I might not. Mm-hmm. You know, so his decision between those two protocols came down pretty much to the weather. Yeah. So what time? What, so it's May. May. Yeah. So he had the one that made you hypersensitive to cold first. Yeah. Because we were about to go through the summer. Yeah. So and that was it. That was the decision. There wasn't a test to it was say just off the weather. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a test to say, oh, let me take your blood and see which one might be the most effective. Yeah. Right? They can now test for some yeah. chemo re- regimes to see whether they will actually work. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, but he was just like, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's what you're gonna do. That's what you're gonna do. And yeah. how did it affect John then? Um, like when he was getting that treatment so um to start with you know you 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 feel better yeah so from the so stage stage four cancer um effectively means that the cancer has moved from the first manifestation to other organs in your body so the most common place for it to end up in bowel cancer is in your liver because mm. there's a lot of blood flow shared between those two things. Um, and the in- inoperable and incurable bit for John was that his liver was what, more cancer than liver. Mm. Right? So yeah. the the idea behind the chemo was to reduce the cancer as much as possible with the hope that surgery would then become possible yeah. because the liver is just the most fantastic thing that regenerates you can you can take an awful lot of it out and it will come back yeah, yeah? so the, the so the the idea with the treatment was to shrink as much of the cancer as we humanly possibly could that such that um surgery would be possible and that would you know hopefully save his life yeah yeah so initially you know because there's there's 
you know cancer was running through his body free and wild the um the chemo was you know actually he felt much better he had more energy you know and so on and so forth um but gradually um it becomes very wearing you feel very sick you know yeah. you have you have a whole series of drugs you have just not the chemo but then a whole another set of drugs to deal with the side effects of the chemo yeah so um yeah it, it was hard yards um ironically though um and and this is this is throughout most of his treatment you wouldn't have known really he looked just... in rude health yeah yeah you you would have you would have walked in here and you've gone okay he's in He's in the shape of his life. Yeah. Right. He looked. He it's looked very, very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It was very, very wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, because for you as well, how did you find? Did you have a support group from? Because I know they have like Macmillan and stuff set up for people in yeah. the family. Like, did you feel like supported by? Um, anyone, or did you have anyone in the family that was like supporting you as well? That's a good question. So, um, so you're just a child as well. Yeah, you have to so, raise. it's difficult. Yeah, time so, of their lives. Absolutely. So, um, so my, I think both of our initial reaction uh, was not necessarily to pretend it wasn't happening. Yeah, but to. Uh, cling on to routine and normality yeah um and uh, saying this now this does sound absolutely ridiculous but i did carry on working at that stage yeah um because we needed you know we needed to have that normal norm normal routine and you know that was for for all of us that was important um but there was a moment when, um, and it wasn't very far in, it was like two months into the whole process, three months in, something like that. Um, there was a problem at work uh, and I instantly knew I was doing the wrong thing. I was in the wrong place with the wrong people. Yeah. You know. um, and I, re I resigned right there and then. I said, thank you very much, I'm out. Yeah, I did. Um, and I phoned. Oh, actually, I'm not even sure. I said to John, uh, coming home early from work, right? It's home. I walked in the door. I said, Yeah, um, I've resigned. And he went, well, Good, great decision. And we just, <laughs> we, we just, just we like, just carried on. Yeah, you know. But um, I mean, that's that's the other thing that's so important. I mean, we were blessed. We had savings. Yeah. We had a support network. I could make that decision. Yeah. yeah. There are so many other people that are fighting stage four uh, cancer or any type of cancer and they're still working. Yeah. Right? They're fitting in their chemo around a full-time job or childcare or, you know, just, yeah. you know. And I, 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 I have no idea how they do that because it was, it was hard enough um with without having to work let alone having yeah. financial stress on on top of that yeah no i can imagine that pe people going through that it's 
it's very difficult. Like, I, I can't relate to that. So I just, yeah. And then, so how long afterwards was it was in January, did you say? It, yeah, so, then? yeah, so the, so as I said, he started to lose weight in, in January of that year. We got the diagnosis in May. Uh, and then we started on a, a, a treatment program, if you like, or I'm going to say journey because, you know, it's, it's so important that you, you have the drugs, that you're well enough to have the drugs, that you keep having the drugs. Um, and, um, we did both chemo protocols. So we had the cold one, we had the acne one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to everyone. If you see a man on a train in his mid forties with a full face of acne. Yeah. Yeah. uh, John had a terrible journey back from Cornwall where he felt like the whole world was staring at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think most people think of the, the chemo symptoms as losing your hair and actually the whole yeah. spectrum is, is much so broader much than that. More. Yeah. yeah. Um, so by February of that, uh, of the, of the following year, um, his tumours had shrunk, um, a lot, uh, and we actually had some, uh, radiotherapy, um, which um where it's where they um inject tiny tiny beads into your bloodstream and they kind of go to the site of the cancer and they take the radio radiation with them um uh at the time it was a sort of pioneering uh treatment he was very lucky to have it um and that also had a very uh positive impact um so we were we were doing really well at that stage yeah you know it was um um we were enjoying being together um we were enjoying being together as a family um and you know the the tumors were responding to the chemotherapy um and then and then you kind of get into this cycle of scans how big the tumors yeah. are, you know, um, and really, you know, what we were trying to get him to was the point where he could have an operation. Um, that's no mean feat, and it's almost, you know, people think of of cancer treatment as a single doctor, but actually, there's yeah. a team of people that are making decisions about your care, uh, and it's actually sort of came down to finding a surgeon that would do it or was confident enough to do it. Yeah. Um, um, and we managed to do that. We managed to find someone that would would do the surgery on John. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And did, did and they did the surgery? Um, well, this is where, this is where, this is when the journey starts to go south. So... We got him into a really good position. We found a surgeon that would do it. Um, and the operation is basically a major liver resection where they take as much of your liver out as they can to the point of it no longer being viable. Yeah. So there was actually a, um, 
one in ten chance that he wouldn't survive the operation. That's quite right. Cool that's quite, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. he was definitely. But then you know, what was the alternative? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, the idea being, and this is this is where it's very difficult, is that you your all of these tumours are packed in tight around all these um, blood vessels, so they have to figure out which bits they're gonna take out and which thing to do. Um, so um, we knew it was risky, we knew it was a risky operation, uh, and he went in for that, it was probably uh, October time, um, and um, I remember I was with my dad, um, because I just I just wanted to have was just I remember was the operation was at London Bridge Hospital it was ridiculously cold for the time of year and we just dad and I just decided we would go for a walk um the operation was supposed to take about five hours yeah um and I got a call uh, about an hour in, oh no, it was about an hour and a half in from the surgeon. And I knew, I knew as soon as I'd answered it, it was like too soon. You know, it's like, it's yeah. I wasn't expecting to be back at the hospital until late afternoon. And I, I just knew as soon as I answered it, it was bad news. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was phoning to tell me that um, he'd finished John had been sewn up and was put back, was in intensive care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that unfortunately, the operation hadn't been a success. In fact, they didn't do it because what happened when they opened him up, they found in the lining of his stomach and other parts around his liver, they found these what they call seedlings. So the tiny, tiny cancer tumours. Yeah. Um, that are very difficult to spot on our... MRI but you know yeah. if, if effectively they knew there was no point doing the operation because you know it the, it was already spreading through the rest of him mm-hmm. um, and we didn't know it at the time but un, unbeknownst to us he already had a tumour in his spine that we didn't know about either oh, gosh. so um, that was the that was that was the official end of hope moment that was okay that was me knowing that my husband was going to die and then after that treatment what did you do together did you did did he stay in hospital did you take him home or did you try to like live as best as you could in that time that you had left so um that stage he was very poorly by then yeah. So you're, so there's something I think about surgery with cancer where you, you know, you open up someone and you you sort of stir it around a bit and it suddenly, you know, accelerates. You know the growth. I don't yeah. know why I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. That's why we've got to do more research. Um, but um, you know from that point, um, uh, he was very poorly and you're effectively then in a palliative care process um where um you're really trying to maintain his quality of life at that point um he was also 
um, having a, and we did talk about this, so I know that these happen to people without their knowledge, but we did know we were fully aware of this. At that stage, he was also in receipt of a, a DNR, which is a do not resuscitate. Okay. Because because he's got so much cancer in his body and the tumours, you know, he's at risk of a pulmonary embolism, so could potentially collapse, in which case yeah. the ambulance will not come and resuscitate him because obviously he's, a, he's, he's effectively yeah. end-of-life care. So... Yes, we took him home, um, and then it was all about um, trying to get him the best care possible, uh, and that's when, um, shortly after that, in the run-up to the Christmas before he died, um, he went to Trinity Hospice. Okay. Who are just genius absolutely i cannot cannot speak highly enough about all of the work they do yeah they 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 looked after him properly you know Uh, so you know he wasn't you know because their gig is pain management yeah and they do it exceptionally well so you know when he died he was he wasn't in any pain oh amazing and at trinity hospice yeah 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 um you know, and I've 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 some comfort that I you know. I wouldn't. There would. There's nothing about his treatment plan we would have done differently. I know. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone sort of struggles. Oh, should have got a second opinion. Or, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think we were extraordinarily lucky to even get to the stage of surgery, given yeah the first diagnosis. When so like... yeah, I've I've I, I know, and I I can talk about it now that he I. Hundred percent, he had the absolute best care possible. Yeah. And then, what sort of advice would you give to anyone that's also going through the same thing as you went through now? Um, that's a good question. So, um, so the first thing, um, I would say about my husband, um, as well as being my best friend. Um, he was extraordinarily brave, right? Um, there was a moment, you know, when we'd first seen that news, there was about about three or four days where he just didn't know what to do with himself, right? The idea that he would leave me and Charlie on on our own was so overwhelming. He just didn't know, he just couldn't process it. Um, and there was a point where... I think he decided, right, I'm, I am up for this. I will fight. I will put everything into this. I will put my heart and soul into trying to survive. Yeah. And totally went about the mindset of trying to beat it. Because I think cancers are very, you know, we think about it as a scientific treatment plan, but I, 100% your mind has got to be in the right place. Yeah. If you give up. You know, never give in, never give up. Yeah. Right? And he definitely got off the sofa and really did everything he possibly could to, to you know, support the doctors. I know he lied. So I've seen him, I saw him do this. <laughs> so before you get your chemo, there's a little chat with a nurse. Like, How are you? Yeah. How are your symptoms? 
you know, they take your blood tests and so forth. And that's really, you know, trying to determine whether you are in a place where you can get the next lot of drugs. Right? Yeah. Where you're, you know. And I know that he never said anything about his fingers. And I know I was, I was, I was on a mission for thermal gloves and all, the time, all yeah. yeah everything and he said no no absolutely i'm fine absolutely fine yeah managing it really well thanks very much That's whole right. way through never said anything about the symptoms that he was he was receiving so you know mindset i think is enormously important yeah yeah um that's the first thing um and the second thing is probably the support network that you think you have might not be the one that you end up with. So... And what do you... Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, so... Cancer's like a... Like a massive pebble that you... You lob into a still lake. Mm. The re- it, it touches everyone and everything and, and the repercussions as the ripples go out are enormous. You know, um... And... Um... Not everyone can cope with it right it's the sort of uh, fight or flight you know um some people just you're so overwhelmed by the enormity of the news they don't know what to say to you they don't know how to help you they you know yeah um and it's not their fault it just isn't it's just you know so don't be surprised if some of your friends can't come with you yeah. yeah, but what I would say is that um, there'll be a random acquaintances, people that you don't know very well, that suddenly sort of cycle into your life and are there for you, you know, 150%. Yeah. yeah. It's the weirdest thing, but it's an absolutely true statement that some of my best friends now, I didn't really know before John's... Uh, yeah cancer diagnosis but they've been with me the 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 whole way through so i would say yeah mindset of of the person that is being treated is 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 so so important um and for those friends that don't come with you you know, forgive them yeah it's the, you know don't just just look forward to the new people that will help you Thank you for so much, like, for sharing everything that you've just shared. And, yeah, I really appreciate it and, like, you and everything that you've gone through as well. And, like, now you're here at Hex and you have, like, this support system here as well. And oh, yeah, we're, 100%. We're, yeah. S- like, so big on community and that's... And then you taking your friends that you've made here going on to battle cancer yeah. and we've raised all this money together as a team to yeah it's great to help like (laughs) cancer research like it's 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 great yeah it's great to see yeah yeah Yeah. thank you very much everybody thank you for all the money you've raised yes thank you um goodbye